welcome to the Latter-day Truth Bomb with your host, Aaron Clute. And how is it going, everyone? It's late here on Monday, March the 1st, 2021. Uh, in this episode, I just wanted to go over a couple things and share some thoughts on what is being called the Great Reset. And all it is is the New World Order rebranded. Uh, whenever it was uh, one of the terms a while back, not too, not too many years ago, was Agenda Twenty One, and now it's Agenda Twenty Thirty. And whenever you hear the Great Reset, it's in the World Economic Forum. All it means is one world government. That's all it is, and they're trying to present it like it's the best thing since sliced bread and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to start off by reading some things here. This one's off of. Um, Bright, excuse my voice, <laughs> uh, Breitbart. Uh, let's see. Did I get the date on this one? Ten, I believe it's from last October of 2020. And pardon the papers rustling around here. Uh, the title of this one from Breitbart is World Economic Forum Herald's Great Reset of Global Economy and Society. It's by uh, Simon Kent. And yeah, it's from October 14th of last year. Uh, the coronavirus crisis <laughs> presents an opportunity for a, quote, new kind of capitalism and great reset, end quote, of global economies, politics, and societies, according to the World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab. This guy... I've read things where he has, you know, he has ties. He's a Nazi, pretty much, <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, when you hear him talk, <laughs> one of the ways I've, I've heard people describe him as he sounds like he's a, a supervillain from James Bond movies, like how he monologues. <laughs> and I've watched him talk and hear, heard him on the internet. It's it's awful. Um, let's see, in an article published Monday, this is back in October now, by the World Economic Forum, an impatient uh, Klaus Schwab claims neoliberalism is dead and with it traditional notions of economic capitalism. In their place is a set of, quote, stakeholder capitalism metrics, end quote. The WEF, WEF, excuse me, says enables the world to progress under one set of overarching rules as drawn up by it with, quote, social justice, end quote, a key component of this brave new world. <laughs> This restructure of the way we do business is the new model for the Great Reset, Schwab, uh, Schwab argue, argues, adding he foresees the coronavirus crisis as too good an opportunity to not, quote, reevaluate sacred cows of the pre-pandemic system, end quote. There's a, a, a quote from Rahm Emanuel, uh, is during the Obama years, I believe, never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> And, you know, what I just read here, it says the coronavirus crisis is too good an opportunity <laughs> for, for to not reevaluate. And, you know, it's, it's, we got to change up what we're doing here, folks. Uh, he outlines his argument by pointing out, or excuse me, by pointing to just how serious the epidemic has been to the way we live now. Uh, uh, Klaus Schwab writes, no event since World War II's end has had profound a global impact as COVID-19. Whenever I hear things like, oh, COVID did this, and have you been affected by COVID? No, 
we've been affected by the government mandates and lockdowns that are completely unconstitutional and beyond criminal. These are crimes against humanity. And and now that they're rolling out this experimental gene-altering therapeutic, it's not a vaccine. And now that they're doing that, I mean, it's it's beyond crimes against humanity. Uh, The pandemic has triggered a public health and economic crisis on a scale unseen in generations and has exacerbated systemic problems such as inequality and great power power posturing. The only acceptable response to such a crisis is to pursue a, quote, great, great reset of our economies, politics, and societies. Indeed, this is a moment to reevaluate the sacred cows of the pre-pandemic system, but also to defend certain long-held values. Yeah, right. Uh, the task we face is to preserve the accomplishments of the past 75 years in a more sustainable form. And Agenda 2030 is all about sustainable development and energy and all this nonsense. So you hear that word a lot. Uh, Klaus Schwab believes that if the Chinese coronavirus crisis has shown us anything, it is, quote, that governments, businesses, or civil society groups acting alone cannot meet systemic global challenges. Well, America is supposed to be a sovereign nation. Our founding fathers warned against all this stuff. Um, in the George Washington's farewell address, he, he, one of the things he warns about is getting involved in other countries' business, which we've gone above and beyond that over the decades. Uh, he says, he basically says, you know, be friends with other countries, uh, do business with them, you know, commerce, you know, they use the word commerce back then. And, you know, just everyday stuff, but no alliances with any of them. So let's see here. In, in their stead, the WEF, World Economic Forum, says the world should adopt more socialistic policies <laughs> such as wealth uh, wealth taxes, additional regulations, and massive Green New Deal-like government programs. <laughs> Okay, what just happened down in Texas with the, the the beautiful Green New Deal kind of stuff and all the wind and solar energy nonsense? <laughs> they, they get the power knocked out for a while. You know, it's it's not sustainable. It's a joke. Uh, we need to break down the silos that keep these domains separate, he says, and start to build institutional platforms for public-private uh, corporation. Put simply, Klaus Schwab believes the time to, quote, reconsider capitalism has arrived. He wants to replace that with this thing called stakeholder capitalism, which all it is is um, global communism. <laughs> Let's see how much longer I got in this one. Oh, it's not too much longer. Okay. Uh, the Great Reset should seek to lend a voice to those who have been left behind <laughs> so that everyone who is willing to co-shape the future can do so. Yeah, right. <laughs> The reset that we need is not a revolution or a shift to some new ideology, not ideology, and that's what the doctor, what they're doing. Some of the pillars of the global system will need to be replaced. And once again, our country should not be involved in this global system. It's ridiculous. And others repaired or strengthened. To, to achieve shared progress, prosperity and health requires nothing more or less. Ultimately, Schwab says the trade, taxation, and competition rules that reflect decades of neoliberal influence are over. The world stands at the precipice of change, and the WEF sees itself in the forefront of that rebuild of capitalism, which it envisions means companies, quote, 
contribute to social welfare and the common good, <laughs> the common good, so communism, at the expense at the expense of shareholders and investors. Uh, I think I have the article here in my files, um, but basically the shareholders are the the peasants. I mean the citizens, and then there'll be like a firm in charge or a corporation. That's the government. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's global communism, and 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 the shareholder just means you're a you're, you're a commoner, you're a peasant, you're just an everyday citizen, and they try to present it like, oh, you're gonna have you be empowered to do this and that, and no, you're not. <laughs> okay, so that's that one. Let's see here, what I got next to go over. Uh, some of these old, some of these are older articles from last year. Um, so here's here's one from September seventh of twenty twenty. <laughs> Belarusian president, IMF and World Bank tried to bribe me for lockdown. <laughs> Let's see here. Is this thing stapled or what? Maybe it's just a short article. Sorry about that. I'm trying to get out of my page protectors. <laughs> Belarusian president, I'm, I'm going to slaughter the name here, Alexander Lukashenko said last month, so this would have been August of 2020, via Belarusian telegraph agency that the World Bank and IMF offered him a bribe of $940 million in the form of, quote, COVID relief aid <laughs> in exchange for the $940 million dollars. Uh, the World Bank and IMF demanded that the president of Belarus, and there's a bullet point, pull, excuse me, bullet point list here, imposed extreme lockdown on his people, forced them to wear face masks, impose very strict curfews, impose a police state, and crash the economy. It sounds like what's happening in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. It's not as bad here in the United States, but it's getting there. Uh, the president, uh, Alexander... Lukashenko refused, they have, they have that in big letters here, refused the offer and stated that he could not accept such an offer and would put his people above the needs of the IMF and World Bank. This is not a, this is not a conspiracy. You may research it for yourself. He actually said this. And this is off of, gosh, it's a random website, uh, principia-scientific.com. And if it is true for Belarus, then it is, a, it is true for the rest of the world. The IMF and World Bank wants to crash every major economy with the intent of buying over every nation's infrastructure at cents on the dollar. And that kind of brings to mind about the CDC. They're not part of the federal government. It's a private outfit. It's for profit. <laughs> They're making filthy amounts of money on vaccines and stuff. Uh they tried to. They they've been trying to dictate that. Oh, these 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 landlords and you know owners, you know, uh, you know real estate, you can't kick out your tenants while there's a quote unquote emergency. And uh, we have a person. We have a personal friend of ours that my mother told me about that this guy is actually in that position. He owns a couple duplexes or something, and there's one tenant that says, "Oh no, there's an emergency," and they they said, "You you can't, you can't kick me out." <laughs> and the back pay is ridiculous. And w one guy I listened to said that. There was a, uh, a landlord, I can't remember what state it was in, I think it was Texas somewhere or something, 
but one of their tenants had had owed like a back back pay or back rent of about eighty thousand dollars, <laughs> and there's no way they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to pay that back. Um, but this is gonna be a way where for the landlords to lose everything, God forbid, like even their own house <laughs> and be homeless. And it's going to be a way for the banks to t- seize all the property and all the homes. So it, it's all about communism. It's, it's insane. Let's see. Let's put that one back here. Uh, another article I have printed out. I really don't need to read it, but um, it's from NPR.org. Uh, October from t- October 13, 2020, it looks like. Uh, this one's from Canada. In pandemic turndown, Canada's drive for guaranteed basic income picks up speed. And that's another thing that's really going on around the world. And here in the United States, they just have a different name for it right now. It's, they're called stimulus checks. Oh, just stay home. Don't do nothing. Shut up. You know, Don't think. Just be afraid. Be, don't, don't see anybody wear a mask everywhere. Here's your $600 check. <laughs> like, like that's going to pay bills or pay a mortgage, right, nowadays. Um, this is what they're focusing on in a lot of these bigger countries like, like Canada Canada's really bad like, there's other other European countries but and I, I've, I've read articles about like I think out in California the government they're, they're talking about trying, uh, trying to you know offering to forgive student loan debt college debt but in return, and, and they'll you know, they'll pay you, you know they'll they'll forgive your loan, and even you know they'll give you stimulus checks. Or, um, but there's a catch. There's always a catch with a corrupt government. There, there's nothing free in this life. Everyone knows that. With a brain, should know that. And w- when I hear the words "government" and "free," I run the other way, like as quickly as possible. <laughs> They're not here to help. <laughs> they will jack everything up. Uh, but the catch is. Well, we'll we'll forgive your student loan debt, but you got to get the COVID shot. And next year, when we have some other shots available for X, Y, and Z, then you have to get those too. But 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 we'll forgive you of your college, you know, your student loan debt, no problem. <laughs> well, they're not forgiving them of nothing. You know, the taxpayer is going to have to pick up the tab for that. You know, there's nothing free. It's it's a joke. All right, let's see. I don't think I'm going to go on for like an hour or two here necessarily. I'm trying to get through some of these quick. Okay. Uh, another one here. I'll pull this out of the page protector. I have a lot of these plastic page protectors, all these articles I got. This one is from December 13th of 2020 by Natasha Singer from the New York Times. And the title of this article is called Vaccinated. Show us your app. The COVID-19 health pass or or COVID pass, they're calling it the freedom pass over in the UK. So that tells me you have no freedom. (laughs) They got to create a product on your smartphone and call it the freedom pass. (laughs) It'd be how to get your shots and we might think about granting you some of your freedom back. You don't have freedom, you're a slave. COVID-19 health pass could help reopen businesses and restore the economy. They could also unfairly exclude people from travel and workplaces, you think? (laughs) Uh, And I will not read this whole article here. Let me see. Okay, this once again, this is from last December 2020. Okay. Among all the tools that health agencies have developed over the years to fight epidemics, at least one has remained a constant for more than a century. Paper vaccination certificates. (laughs) 
papers, please, right? <laughs> That's my comment. Uh, in the early, excuse me, in the 1880s, in response to smallpox outbreaks, some public schools began requiring students and teachers to show vaccination cards. In the 1960s, amid yellow fever epidemics, the World Health Organization introduced an international travel document known informally as the Yellow Card. Even now, from certain regions, are required to show a version of the card at airports. Adjust my mic here. There we go. That sounds a little bit better. Okay. But now, as the just as the United States is preparing to distribute the first vaccines for the virus, the entry ticket to the nation's reopening is set to come largely in the form of a digital health credential. And this is all in harmony with what I went over about if COVID-19 was planned in that podcast episode about the Rockefeller Foundation. They put a, their little 30, 40-page response out about a month after Trump declared the national emergency, so last April of 2020. It's all about testing on a weekly basis like the general population, which they don't mention the PCR test, but that's what they ended up using. And they know the PCR test is a joke. Um, it's just an excuse to keep this thing going with all the false positives. I think well, it's a case demic, not a pandemic. But they they really stress in there creating smartphone digital you know smartphone apps and uh, for you know digital health credential as they call it in here. But is digital papers please? Let's see. Another name for it is called the common pass. Also, us, us commoners have to have our common pass. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm just going to kind of skip around this article. You guys can look it up for yourself. Once again, it's called Vaccinated, Show Us Your App from the New York Times. Okay. Uh, quote, this is likely to be a new normal need <laughs> that we're going to have to deal with to control and contain this pandemic. That's absolute baloney. <laughs> uh, this is from and, and Dr. Brad Perkins, the chief medical officer at the Commons Project Foundation a nonprofit in Geneva that developed the Common Pass app. Whenever you hear new normal, that's another slick term for new world, new world order, global government. The advent of electronic vaccination credentials could have a profound effect on efforts to control the coronavirus. When they say that, I, I just replaced coronavirus with control the people because that's all, that's all it is. It's, it's a joke. They could prompt more employers and college campuses to reopen. So this is our only solution. You got to get the shot and have your, have your, you know, your common pass on your phone, <laughs> paper, you know, digital papers, please. They may also give consumers peace of mind, <laughs> developers say, by creating an easy way for movie theaters, cruise ships, and sports arenas to admit only those with documented coronavirus vaccinations. So you don't, ha you don't have your digital papers. Get out of here. You're not welcome. <laughs> see where all this is. See where all this is going, folks. Uh, let's see. There's one thing I want to read in this article. Let's see. <laughs> to restart the economy, the uh, to save industries, I think you need a solution like this," said Eric Piskini, a vice president of IBM. <laughs> That's a big red flag. Who oversaw the development of the country's new health passport app? IBM recently completed a pilot test of the app called the Digital Health Pass with an employer, he said, and is in discussions with a major sports stadium. Without such apps, Mr. Piskini said, 
quote, people will limit their engagement in travel and entertainment because of lack of confidence. <sighs> this is total baloney. And I can't believe, I don't, I don't think that the general population is going to get on board with this. I mean, there are a lot of sheep out there, but this whole thing where this is our only way, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's a joke. And here's one. Here's the the main part I wanted to read from this article, and I'll attach it to something else here right after. Uh, and this is the this is the author of this article. But the great leap forward to the 21st century digital health credentials from 19th century paper vaccination certificates represents much more than a technological shift. Some civil liberty experts say the vaccine passport apps signal a troubling privatization of public health practices and caution that the technology comes with privacy risks. Well, yeah, thank, yeah thanks, thanks for catching that. Uh, and the part there I wanted to stress is the person who wrote this article used the, the words the great leap forward, the great leap forward to the 21st century digital health credentials. Keep that in mind, great leap forward. Okay, so the Great Leap Forward, if you go to Google and type in the Great Leap Forward, this is what you will find on Wikipedia. And I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's really lengthy, but this is the, uh, the very top when you, when you click on the link for the Great Leap Forward on Wikipedia. This is like in a nutshell. The Great Leap Forward or the second five-year plan of the People's Republic of China was an economic and social campaign led by the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, from 1958 to 1962. Chairman Mao Zedong launched the campaign to reconstruct the country from an agrarian economy into a communist society through the formation of people's communes Mao decreed increased efforts to multiply grain yields and bring industry to the countryside. Local officials were fearful of anti-rightist campaigns and competed to fulfill or overfulfill quotas based on Mao's exaggerated claims, collecting, quote, surpluses that in fact did not exist and leaving farmers to starve. <laughs> Higher officials did not dare to report the economic disaster caused by these policies and national officials blaming bad weather for the decline in food output took little or no action. The, the Great Leap resulted in tens of millions of deaths with estimates ranging between 33 million and 55 million deaths, making the Great Chinese Famine the largest in human history. <laughs> so I personally don't believe in coincidences here. And so when that, the author of that article that I just read about from New York Times when she said the great leap forward into the 21st century. And then you, then I just, uh, as soon as I read that, I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard this term before. I didn't really know much about it. So I Googled it. And so Mao Zedong, you know, reconstructed the country from an agrarian economy into a communist society through the formation of people's communes. And that's another thing they want to do with agenda 2030 to eat more easily control people. They're trying to get everyone to, you know, force, not force them at, you know, with a gun to their head, not yet. But they're trying to make it impossible to live out in the country parts, you know, the rural areas. 
and they, they want these things, they're going to develop these things called smart cities in the future. And from what I've read, I mean, you're talking like five or 600 square foot, like a little box, like a cell, like a prison cell. Uh, and they'll be able to monitor and sur- surveillance you be- better and easier. And that's all it is. It's all about, whenever you hear smart, it's all about control. A smart this, smart city, smart, even smartphone. I mean, it's listening to everything you're doing, <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see here. Um, another thing, another thing I had printed off in my records here is, and this is this is more scary than any head cold virus. <laughs> Bill Gates is now the largest farmland owner in America. This was published on January sixteenth, twenty twenty one, and this is off of MarketWatch.com. Okay, and I'll, I'll this is this is a really short article. Bill Gates may no longer be the world's richest man, but he can claim a new title, America's Farmland King. The billionaire Microsoft co-founder has become the largest homeowner, excuse me, largest owner of farmland in the United States by quietly buying up massive plots across the country, a news report says. Gates' portfolio comprises about 242,000 acres of farmland and nearly 27,000 acres of other land across 19 states, according to the Land Report, a magazine for land investors that tracks the nation's biggest landowners. The biggest chunks of Gates' holdings are in Louisiana and Arkansas, where he owns 69,071 acres and 49,927 acres, respectively, the outlet's research found. Let's see here. And then it, it talks about this in Cascade Investment and some other stuff, but here's some other things I highlighted. Uh, it's uncertain why Gates has invested so, in so much farmland or how his tracks are currently being used. My comment to that is one of the main things the communists do when they're taking over is they gain control of the nation's food supply. And then you're really, I mean, you're completely at their mercy. <laughs> I guess we still have our guns for now. But that's one of their tactics. They, they take control of the food supply. So then you're, at, then you're at your mercy. If you get out of line, they'll just starve you to death. Or just pop you off, whatever they, whatever they feel like doing. But it, it'll be a control. It's a total control tactic. And there's another article recently you can look up talking about Bill Gates and in, in the future. Like they're they're gonna 3D print and create all this fake synthet, synthetic beef and all this garbage. And that you know you'll be eating synthetic beef in the in the future. There's an article I just read a few days ago about KFC, like three 3D printing meat using like animal animal cells. However that works. <laughs> So my my best guess is Bill Gates is a globalist or a communist, a global communist, and he's doing his part to build buy up all the, the land and it's just it's just all about gaining control of the nation's food supply. That, that that's all it is. Uh, it goes on to say agriculture is also a, a key focus area for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the massive charity run by Gates and his wife. The foundation aims to, quote, support country-led inclusive agricultural transformation across sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia, according to its website. But now he's now he's buying up all the land in our country, too. Let's see. There's that one. Okay. Hopefully I don't get all these out of order too bad here. 
another article that kind of goes kind of ties ties in with that a little bit is uh return to now.net december 29th 2020 and the headline title is biden picks quote mr monsanto tom vilsack to, to head the usda uh under obama vilsack brought us cloned farm animals that sounds great lab-grown meat uh, yummy <laughs> not really and more GMOs than any agricultural secretary before or after him. Let's see, Joe Biden, Joe Biden just nominated one of Monsanto's best friends to head the, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. During his eight years under Obama, Tom Vilsack earned the name Mr. Monsanto for approving more new genetically modified organisms than any agricultural sec, agriculture secretary in history and for making gobs of money for every every approval. See, it's about money and power, money and gain, same thing. These, these robbers, that's all, when, when these people have all the money in the world, the only thing left is power over the people. <laughs> and, and then this article goes on and lists off a bunch of stuff that this person's been involved with. It's it's not good. <laughs> so that's, that's, who's, uh, that's who's getting to be in charge of our food supply. Not good. <laughs> Okay, hang on. I'm shaking my mic. Sorry about that. Let's see. I want that. Okay. Uh, this is a re- more recent article I printed off. This is from uh, Dr. Marcola's website. He's legit. <laughs> uh, it's called. It's from February thirteenth, twenty twenty-one. Called the New Normal documentary. Uh, and uh, I, I've watched most of it recently. Uh, I'll just read the bullet points here. I might, I might touch base on some of the stuff that sticks out. But the new normal documentary by Happen.Network investigates speculation that the COVID-19 pandemic was planned or at least is being exploited by a group of tech elite who are dictating policy to governments globally in order to push a totalitarian agenda. At the root of the agenda is a significant economic and power shift that only a minority of people are aware of, being driven by the Fourth Industrial Revolution. The World Economic Forum, or Klaus Schwab's baby, stated that 50% of Hull employees will require reskilling by the year 2025, quote, as the double disruption of the economic impacts of the pandemic and increasing automation transforming jobs takes hold. Artificial intelligence is predicted to merge merge with humans and take over jobs in cities. Uh, artificial intelligence will be so much better at driving than people, the documentary explains, that eventually most people will be afraid to drive. <laughs> not, not this guy. <laughs> Soon after that, humans won't be allowed to drive at all. And let's think about that. Do you want a robot driving your car? Let's say you're a bad citizen and you get out of line. And, and someone just, you know, all they have to do is hit a little kill switch and your car decides to go off the road and, and you get killed in the, in the wreck. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, data colonialism and digital dictatorship are very real possibilities in the new normal, as is the division of the world into wealthy elites and a, quote, useless class, end quote, which ends up as an exploited data colony. Let's see. 
and I'll just kind of skip around here. You guys are more than welcome to look this one up on, on for yourselves. It's once again, it's off Marcola, Dr. Marcola's website, um, Marcola.com. That's M E R C O L A.com. It's called the new normal documentary. You might have to submit an email address to get sign up for the, um, the weekly, you know, newsletters and article links and stuff. Uh, there are many moving parts involved from bad data that are inf inflating COVID-19 mortality rates to problems with PCR tests that are leading to very high false positive rates. And I've touched base on that a few times. A falsely infl inflated death rate drives more fear among the population, while a misleading high number of cases can be used as justification for more business closures and lockdowns. All of this serves to further the ultimate agenda to, quote, build back better and reset the world to a new normal. In the build back better, uh, Biden's on record saying that a lot of these world leaders are, um, I think there's one out there, Boris Johnson from the UK, pretty sure Justin Trudeau's talked about it. He's he's mentioned that, you know, it's, we have an opportunity for a reset. And then they start calling a bunch, calling everyone a conspiracy theorist when they call them out and said, "Hey, why do you why do you say that? We know about this great reset. Oh, you're you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> well, what do you mean by the reset then? <laughs> uh, let's see. At the root of the agenda, however, is a significant economic and power shift that only a minority of people are aware of, being driven by the fourth industrial revolution. And that's that's another term for this great reset, fourth industrial revolution." Uh, let's see. The fourth industrial revolution will integrate artificial intelligence with humans. The first industrial revolution, which took place in the early to mid 1800s, brought in the use of steam power throughout the world. The second industrial revolution took place from the late 19th to early 20th centuries and involved progress in steel, electric, and automobile in industries. The third industrial revolution, according to Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, quote, used electronics and information technology to automate production. Whereas the fourth industrial revolution, he says, has already begun and is characterized by a fusion of technologies that is blurring the lines between the physical and digital and biological spheres, end quote. It's the further emergence of artificial intelligence and integration with humans. In August 2020, for one example, Elon Musk revealed a company he founded called Neuralink, which involves a surgically implanted microchip that's connected to your brain and synced with AI. With the goal of one day allowing humans to control artificial limbs or even engage in telepathy, Elon Musk described it as, quote, a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. I mean, we're talking like Matrix stuff here, folks. <laughs> All these dystopian sci-fi action movies, they're just, I mean, they, they present it like it's some outrageous, you know, unrealistic thing, but it's exactly what they've been doing this whole time, what it's all leading up towards. Uh, let's see. A former executive at Google China believes there, there will be a rapid displacement of jobs as robots replace workers, and in the next 10 years, so many jobs will be replaced that people will need to find happiness without working. <laughs> well, we know that goes against the scriptures because, you know, the, the Lord God created man to work, 
<laughs> when Adam got kicked out of the Garden of Eden with his wife, you know, the Lord told him, well, you're going to have to work, you have to work by the sweat of your brow the rest of your days. <laughs> so this whole thing about, you know, finding happiness without working, we, we were created and designed to work. Not, not just sit around and be a couch potato and, <laughs> you know, get your $600 uh, monthly check for being a good citizen. Amazon has also stated that fully automated shipping warehouses or distribution centers in which robots will replace humans fulfilling orders may just be 10 years away. <laughs> and I, I've seen some videos of these modern day I think Amazon uh, distribution centers and they're pretty crazy. I mean, they got the robot arms pulling stuff off shelves and, you know, everything else. I mean, so I can totally see it happening. My last job was at a, a distribution center uh, for a musician's friend, and it wasn't nothing like an, an Amazon one, but it, it was awful. It was, I mean, the people I worked with, I, I worked on the receiving dock, and the people I worked with there were super cool, really nice people, just down-to-earth good people, but the management and the so-called leaders it, it was a joke. Okay, let's see. Let's see, the WEF claims that 85 million jobs may be eliminated by 2025, while 97 million more may be created to address, quote, the new division of labor between humans, machines, and algorithms, end quote. But the reality is that only a fraction of people would likely find work in this AI-driven world which would necessitate the introduction of a universal basic income, which I talked about that a little while ago, which, you know, we'll give you some money. Just keep your mouth shut, stay home and get your shots and do everything we tell you, or we'll shut you down. You know, so that, that's what comes with the universal basic income. There will be a catch. It's all about control. See that this may initially sound like a good thing, but when your ability to earn an independent income is destroyed, you become dependent on or, or yeah, you become dependent on excuse me and at the mercy of the elite that are in control of that income and the resources surrounding it universal debt forgiveness may also emerge and i touched base on this a little bit ago too in return for the forfeiture of all rights to private ownership going forward Let's see. Uh, klaus schwab wrote the fourth industrial revolution finally will change not only what we do, but also who we are. It will affect our identity and all the issues associated with it. Our sense of privacy, but goodbye privacy. Our notions of ownership, goodbye ownership. This is all communism, folks. Our consumption patterns, the time we devote to work and leisure, and how we develop our careers, cultivate our skills, meet people, and nurture relationships. It is already changing our health and leading to a quantified self and sooner than we think, it may lead to human augmentation. <laughs> the list is endless because it is bound only by our imagination. <laughs> who's, who's our? <laughs> the, the globalist? <laughs> no thanks. Uh, let's see. In June 2019, the UK released a white paper announcing it had established a partnership with the WEF, quote, to shape the global, global governance of technological innovation. In their policy paper called uh, Regulation for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, it stated, quote, technological breakthroughs in areas from artificial intelligence to biotechnologies are now heralding a fourth industrial revolution with a power to reshape almost every sector in every country. 
our industrial strategy positions the UK to make the most of this global transformation. Global transformation. <laughs> and I've quoted this on here at least once. David Rockefeller said years ago, the you know the world is on or the world is on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new new world order. <laughs> so, like like they said here, like they said there, to make the most of this global transformation, yeah, and and we never let a crisis go to waste. And oh, lo and behold, a coronavirus crisis. Oh, this is this is a real opportunity for a reset, folks, and build back better. It's 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 not going to be better. <laughs> it's not. I hope we're, anyone that's hearing this. I hope we're all right with the Lord. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. This is where it talks about the stakeholder capitalism. Okay. The, the very purpose of quote building back better is to do away with once. Excuse me. Do away with what once was normal and replace it with something different. According to the WEF, this entails reinventing capitalism and replacing it with a stakeholder economy. Also known as stakeholder capitalism, Forbes described stakeholder economy as, quote, the notion that a firm or a corporation, a firm focuses on meeting the needs of all of its stakeholders, and these stakeholders include customers, employees, partners, the community, so citizens, and society as a whole. So my question is, who's the firm? <laughs> I can take a wild guess, and once and and once again, this the stakeholders are you and me, or customers, employees, partners. But yeah, it's basically you and me. It's it's all the the commoners, the peasants. The idea of stakeholder capitalism has been around since at least 1932, and was also endorsed by nearly 200 CEOs of large corporations in August 2019. And those will be the ones that are allowed to survive the fake pandemic. However, it is now being accelerated as part of the Great Reset. As the documentary noted, the WEF made predictions about the world in 2030 via a social media post. Among them, there's a bullet list, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've read this stuff on their, on, on their website. You'll, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. So... You're a slave with no private property, nothing. It's slavery. Whatever you want, you'll rent, and it will be delivered by drone, but only if you're a good slave, I mean citizen. And I have an article that talks about that from the World Economic Forum. Basically, it's it's a scenario. It's fictional for now. But the person's talking about how in the future you know, they're living in like their, their little you know 500-square-foot you know cell and I mean, you don't even have a microwave. Like everything is a service. So if you need a microwave to heat up some food, you get it and it gets delivered to you. When you're done, you ship it back off. In, in this scenario, they, they uh, one of the things they talk about is, oh, I, I left my house for work today and uh, so-and-so's company needed to have a board meeting. So they just rented out my room. <laughs> And while I was gone and then, you know, they were done and then I came back home later and we're good to go. I'm just, I'm, I'm reading this garbage. I'm like, who in the world, who in their right mind is going to be on board with this? But, but there's, there's many that will do it. Uh, the last one says Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. 
UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson's new policies also fall in line with the World Economic Forum's objectives. This includes a ban on petrol and diesel cars by 2030, blocking vehicle access to side roads, so they're going to go out of their way to make sure you can't drive, and new pay-per-mile taxes that could make driving very expensive. It's, it's almost as if the UK is attempting to r- remove ownership of cars. That's exactly what they're doing. Uh, let's see. The creation, this, this is still the same article, the creation of a useless class, and I'm going to slaughter this name too, <sighs> Yuval Noah Harari, a professor in the Department of History at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem warns of the dangers of AI, or artificial intelligence, such that technology might disrupt human society and the very meaning of human life in numerous ways. Data colonialism and digital dictatorship are very real possibilities, as is the division of the world into wealthy elites and others who end up as, quote, exploited data colonies. Unprecedented inequality will emerge as a useless class is created. (laughs) That would be us. Useless not from the viewpoint of their friends and families, uh, Harari says, but useless from the viewpoint of the economic and political system. So if you're not, if they feel like you're not contributing to this glorious society, you're just going to be deemed useless. And I don't know what that'll mean at that point. This this is why we need Zion, folks. God, to to God, none of us are useless. So this is just more confirmation. This is all satanic. What's going on here? And this useless class will be separated by an ever-growing gap from the ever more powerful elite. I don't know if anyone ever saw the Hunger Games, but I'll, <laughs> I'm reading this stuff, and it just it makes me think of the Hunger Games. You can even look up in the United States, like the the FEMA districts maps, and they already have like districts set up for the, on, on these FEMA map websites and stuff. It, it just makes me think of you know the the capital in that movie, The Hunger Games. If you ever saw it, all these rich people, and you know they they develop the Hunger Games where they you know. They come in once a year, <laughs> and they round up you know certain children by drawing their names. You know they got to be a certain age, drawing your names, and you got to you, you got to send your kids off to fight in like a death match, pretty much. <laughs> it, it's awful, but I, I mean I can see this this kind of stuff totally happening. Uh, let's see here. Is there anything? Oh, and this article touches base uh, on the Rockefeller Foundation laid out a pandemic scenario in 2010. And that's what I talked about in my podcast about if COVID-19 was planned, which I believe it was. Uh, and that's the the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, this it's, it's from the report titled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. And that's the, the, the scenario they're talking about is called lockstep. And that's what I've touched base on already. That is verbatim what's been going on this whole time. Uh, let's see. Why now might be the perfect time for a reset. <laughs> if there were a covert plan for a global takeover, the COVID-19 pandemic presents the perfect scenario for its success. First, a problem is created. Coronavirus is released and a global pandemic is declared. Next, a reaction is created, namely fear. 
This is ramped up in lockdowns ensue, forcing businesses to close and, econ- and economies to be destroyed. The final stage is when the solution, quote unquote, is created by these corrupt governments and, and that are in bed with the globalist. In this case, the masses of unemployed people could receive a universal basic income that's credited onto digital IDs backed by Gates, Microsoft, and the Rockefellers, which are implanted into your hand. Smart cities ensue, along with 24-7 surveillance. This is made possible by the rollout of 5G networks, an essential upgrade in performance for digitizing society, surveillance, and data harvesting. There are signs of resistance throughout the world, however, including the Police for Freedom March, which took place in November 2020 in Spain, to protest the violation of citizens' freedoms and protect civil liberties. The, uh, the World Freedom Alliance, formed in Stockholm, Sweden, in November 2020, also aims to promote worldwide freedom. So it's good that there is resistance. But yeah, the, the up above what I just read, problem, reaction, solution. Everyone needs to remember that. It's how these robbers work. They create the problem. So you know, one of their main mottos is order out of chaos. They don't finish their sentence, though. It's order out of chaos that they create. <laughs> so the first step is problem. They create the problem, the, the powers that be. And then the next step is the reaction. They sit there and wait and see and, and see how people are going to react. And once again, this one was been done with fear using the media that's, that they own and control, including Fox News, any conservative, quote unquote, you know, news outlets. They're in bed with Big Pharma and all the rest of them. They're all owned by the same people. And then the solution is what they already had in mind to, be, to begin with. In this case, it's global government, digital IDs, just anything from all those dystopian nightmare movies anyone ever watched, it, it's all rolled into one. I think that might have been the last one I was going to cover. But it's it's funny. They call it the Great Reset. There's There's nothing great about what's going on with this. It's very satanic. Um Satan knows his time is short, so he's using his earthly minions to do his bidding. And anyone who's read the scriptures knows that Satan will not uphold his at the last day. So all these people that are have sold their souls to the evil one and they think they're doing the world a favor, <laughs> they'll they'll answer for their crimes against humanity, either in this world or the or the next. You know, they'll they'll be judged with the rest of us. The only thing I know it sounds crazy, but we need to, you know, like it says, we're to pray for our enemies. <laughs> and I know that's hard to do, especially with something like this. But as long as these people are breathing, if they have the, you know, I don't know how that would work since some of these people are so far gone and involved in this, uh, you know, satanic global takeover, there's still somehow, some way that God could strike them down or shake them. And you know, get them to snap out of it and then you know, repent. But yeah, I think as all this progresses and gets worse, at some point God's gonna move, and we just got to make sure we're on His side. And if uh, if if it's our time to go home to Him, then then so be it. <laughs> this isn't our real home, anyways. 
folks. This is just a speck in time in eternity, throughout all eternity. So I, I won't, I won't live in fear of any of it. When it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I, I hope I, when my time comes, it'll be peaceful. But you know, who, the way things are going, who knows? But uh, those are just my some of my thoughts about this so-called great reset. It should be called uh, something else. It's not great. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's awful, and and it's it was never about health and safety. It was never about some some pand you know head cold virus pandemic. The actual pandemic is one of government corruption, and these politicians have all sold us out. So, the only the only one that will be able to save us is the Lord God. And that's why we got to put our faith and trust in him completely, that he'll take care of us and provide for us, even if it's just, you know, the, just the basics, you know, shelter and food and clothing and whatnot. But we'll, we'll have to all come together as one as this gets worse. Anyone that won't take part in this beast system that they're implementing, and I know I'm not. I'm sick of it. I'm I'm sick of this whole mess going on. It's it's just ridiculous. I, if money wasn't an issue, my my family and I would already moved out in the country in the middle of nowhere somewhere, <laughs> just, just just getting off the grid as much as we can. But yeah, we're we're called to endure to the end. So with all that, uh, I guess I will end it here, and I hope. Everyone has a good night and take care and God bless. <laughs>